0: pod number four pat he's the pipes i'm the wind again no one knows what that means we like it that way We're sticking with it yeah let's not explain that um okay what we're doing on this one is we're we're jumping ahead a little bit we're only giving a quick couple things on episode five which is the outsider where we meet this douchebag named donnie um one of this dude who works at the the uh is that the bait shop
1: um, no, it's like a crab restaurant. Oh, yeah,
0: Crab Shack or something like that. So we're just going to cover that idiot, and then after that, we're going to do The Girlfriend as our main episode. Okay, so let's jump right in. Just cover this douchebag named Donnie really quick. Yeah, we,
1: we realize there are just way too many episodes of this, this yeah. show, so we're going to we're gonna kind of pick and choose the best ones. It's kind of mind-blowing to go back and realize how much content there actually So much
0: is. content. Like... If this came out now, season 1 would be like 5 seasons. These the cast would be 50 yeah, yeah. by the time you we're, get to season. Mean, we're, three. we're hard
1: working guys. We would have done every single one of them, but we just didn't want to drag you guys through that. So Yeah, that's our one why, listener. That's why we're our one listener.
0: We didn't want to put our one listener through that. So, okay. Let's hit Donnie. This this is the only thing we're going to cover in episode 5. Ryan starts working at the Crab Shack. There's this guy named Donnie. He's from the other side of the tracks. Ryan and him bond right away. And where's he from?
1: He's from the other side of different tracks than Ryan's bad tracks.
0: Okay, so what's the biggest thing with Donnie that we want to
1: hear? Well, hit? what jumps off the screen immediately is his confidence. Well, yeah, that that definitely does. It's weird, (laughs) (laughs) outrageous. uh, Like, I'm in high school still, and I work at this crab restaurant, but I am kind of acting like I'm the lead singer in in a touring rock and roll band.
0: Yeah, I'd say his confidence is outrageous, and I don't get it. He's got a party ramp haircut, which... I know it's 2003. That was that was we we'll forget fucking hot. for that. Hot <laughs> we'll forgive him for that. <laughs> so, he's got a party ramp the loose, baggy, baggy pants also, and that's skater shoes. Was his style back then. He's 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 got like skater shoes on. It's like that's how they portray the kid wrong side of the tracks like the skater shoes. He I he also had the chain coming out of the pants. Yeah, that's like,
1: that's still that's never been cool. So
0: lame. I like. So what's the point of that? It keeps your wallet
1: attached. Yeah, I think it's like when if you're, you're in the bad neighborhood, if your wallet were to slip out, you got it hanging on the chain, and nobody can pick it. All right. Dumb.
0: All this said, we're just wasting time. There is one big thing about him that really jumps out.
1: Yeah, the the accessory that we're really hunting on it. I think we're talking about the same thing. So why don't you, but, you hit it? He wears, <laughs> he wears a wristband. He wears a wristband. He wears a wristband. Dead serious. Halfway up his forearm for no reason. So, like basketball players
0: wear in the NBA, or any athletes uh, where they wear a wristband like midway up around your elbow, he's just wearing one all the time. At work, at when they go to the party, at the end, he's just always got a wristband on, and Again,
1: it's a. I guess just, we could call it a sweatband to help better paint. The oh yeah, to.
0: yeah. It's a, but it's a wristband like width, yeah, in length, and he wears it up. So yeah, you have to call it a sweatband. But I just don't get the accessories in two thousand three. A lot of arm accessories that aren't watches, and
1: which does not translate well to now. So this this is another time the, the only time I've seen anything that comes close to as outrageous as that. Actually, this is probably more outrageous. But this is a real life example. I was at a Cincinnati Reds game. I've actually seen this guy twice in public. The second time, I forget where I saw him, but normal outfit. I think he had like a t-shirt on and maybe some jean shorts, gym shoes. Jorts. He had jorts on? He is wearing football receiver's gloves (laughs) in public. (laughs) It was so distracting that I almost approached him. For his
0: glove? So his baseball glove stays on easier? The, he had two of them on. At the, <laughs> two, no, no, I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. sometimes Hamilton, you would yeah. wear your baseball glove <laughs> oh, I did that to, for keep, sure. to keep your your mitt mm-hmm. on it. So he's wearing them so that if he gets the one in a million chance at a foul ball, like the the baseball mitt stays right. on, it's more secure.
1: I think so, but that only explains one <laughs> hand. He had <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He was at least 36. He had two football receiver <laughs> gloves on to finish his outfit. And they were brand new and crispy. They looked good, but... He bought them just for the game. I must have. No, I saw him again at
0: another time. He got the gloves on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this guy's exactly like Donnie. He doesn't go in public without his athletic accessories. This is a good segue into other accessories. Just want to give a quick... We usually like to
1: start yeah, off Yeah, this with will roll us watch. right into the actual episode that we watch. Yeah, okay, so, so that watch.
0: that douchebag's over with. He sucks, ends up, a quick synopsis, he shoots Luke in the arm at the end of the episode because obviously Donnie, he has a gun. <laughs> <laughs> <Because> <laughs> yeah. He's wrong side of the tracks. <laughs> we should have known. Donnie has a gun. Yeah. He brings it to a party. He shoots Luke in the arm. Um Fast forward to episode six, it's the fastest gunshot wound recovery that I think has ever happened in history by anyone. Luke is like, all he has is just a bandage. He's totally cool. Um, so we're done with that, episode five. Donnie sucks. You never see him again. He comes in with his sweatband, shoots a guy, bounces. If I'm the actor, I'm kind of like, I see the script for the episode they put me in, and I'm like, oh my god, dude. Like, crushing it like oh my god this is my big break this is exactly what i need and they're making me look cool as hell like with my accessories and stuff and i get to carry a gun and shoot someone i'm famous and all of a sudden he's just completely gone forever essentially like rosa the maid and essentially like the dog who may or may not have been euthanized it's... We see it for a quick second in this episode, but we know that the dog is being put down eventually behind the scenes. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, characters die off on this show almost like in Game of Thrones. you got to be careful. You might just Anyways. see yourself wiped off the map out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, no explanation whatsoever. So, real quick, want to segue with, with the accessories talk. Choker watch, Puka shell watch. Choker watch on Ryan, gone. No choker. Done. Yeah. So, they realized, Josh Schwartz, the writer of the show the genius, he realized four episodes in the choker doesn't test. Doesn't play. The audience has issues with the choker but zero issues with his leather wristband. So obviously that keep that in perpetuity until we get any negative feedback and guess what? We're not. Did,
1: I'm trying to remember back to 2003, did you ever see somebody wearing one of those?
0: No, but I don't live in Did California. That, a Good point. So, I mean, West Coast Trends, I mean, they weren't even wearing v back then. Yeah, that's a good point. So, okay, puka shell watch, though, still on. Luke's still wearing it. Again, the next step with you and the intern, Whitney, is you get the puka shells, mm-hmm. because I think right so now, like, that's the one thing that's, like, really holding
1: you back. Well, things have kind of been rocky between us lately. You think <clears throat> if I wear the puka shells, I could maybe win her back? Yes. Short okay. answer, yes. Okay. Okay, so let's get into episode six. So, kind of, uh, I'll bring up kind of the main thing about this episode, um, is that Caleb Nickel enters the picture. Now, Caleb is Kirsten's dad. He's basically the king of Newport. He's a, he's a, a big real estate mogul. Yeah, he's just kind of a bad guy. Yeah. Um, He enters the picture, brings... He's a a little racist. He's a little racist. He hates Jewish people. He's definitely racist. He comes and just drops a a literal and figurative shitload of baggage into the picture. Yeah. Um, He also comes with a brand new girlfriend, who I'll let BD describe. Okay, so real quick, I just want to say
0: that... He's he's the villain, no doubt. He comes in guns blazing on just like ripping on every nationality, like everyone who doesn't make over like half a million dollars a year. Like he's just an old rich dick. But in the one instance that I think he's actually totally justified is not liking Ryan right off the bat. He just burned down his model home. If you are a real estate mogul, that's how Caleb's rich. If you're a real estate mogul and you've got this model home that you're using as the model for entire neighborhoods and all your developments and stuff, and some kid from like a shitty part of town just like comes in because your idiot son-in-law just like brought him home one day and then burned down your house, I'd be pissed too. Like I would be pissed. So it's not, that that is not ridiculous. But okay, to get back to your question... The girl, yeah, the premise of this, he's got a girlfriend there. Caleb's like 55, 60 years old. Actually, probably like 60 some years old, 65 or so. Crushes Burberry ties, love those. Um, he, semi-retired, he's, just, he's old. He's old, he's super rich. Everyone keeps saying that he owns Newport, so the audience knows he owns Newport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, um, okay, so the premise of this is right off the bat, so that you get to know that he's a bad guy. He's got this girlfriend there who's twenty-four years old, so she's forty years younger than him. When when they show her, can you imagine if? Okay, fine, I get it. L.A. is all about like super young chicks hooking up with like rich old dudes for their money and stuff. I'm on board with that. But can you imagine like comes over, you're meeting his daughter, and her husband, and you just go in the pool immediately, like, by yourself. You just, like, put a bikini on and just, like, go in the pool while all the other adults are, like, in the house talking,
1: and, like... It's a weird move. It's I, <laughs> it's a, a... An insane
0: power move.
1: I, so, she does that, and... I feel uncomfortable opening people's fridge.
0: Yeah, yeah. So... She does that because, obviously, you need the gratuitous shot of Ryan coming back to the pool area and then seeing this girl come out of the pool in slow motion, smoke show. I mean, this girl, she's insanely good looking. She is. Like, she's a 12 out of 10. Her body is literally perfect. We were commenting when we watched the show, we didn't know it was physically possible for someone to be that skinny and have real boobs that big. We might actually
1: need intern Whitney to weigh in on this at some point.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, she. So, intern Whitney told us last night that for any segment that she's gonna be on, we gotta give her a heads up, and we did not. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll bring her
0: in later because <laughs> we're betraying intern Whitney's trust. Intern Whitney, just come down if you want. If you want to give your take on it. Skinny
1: and, and, and don't
0: it. All right, intern Whitney has, has given her hot take. She agrees. Skinny with big boobs does not go together.
1: It's not natural. We'll
0: dig into that. We'll dig. In. We'll get into that on the next episode.
1: Okay. The current so, theory is that the boobs are fake.
0: I don't think they are. I Ooh. saw those in a I, in, in no in in a bikini. Those looked pretty. Okay. Those looked. Legit. I like this. First bet on the podcast for a You know that? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. I don't know how we're gonna figure this out, but like, you know that. Fake boobs—they look like basketballs. On like they're like really firm and they stick right out. Hers like sagged to the appropriate level.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. Let's let's move. On. So yeah, hot yeah, hot girl. Could, yeah, we right? can do. We will. Yeah. So let's let's move on with the timeline. So Caleb, you meet him, comes in super young girl who's forty years younger than him. Next.
1: Um. We get the introduction to her. It's obviously weird with her and the boys because they're basically the same age. Yeah. Um going through here. Oh, let me up. just
0: while you're while you're getting on the time, let me just say another thing about this girl. So I gotta say, another reason why I'm very attracted to this this 24-year-old lady is that real raspy voice. Love that.
1: I was that was gonna be my guess of what you were gonna say. Yeah, love.
0: <laughs> There's two things that I'm obsessed with. Raspy voice and naturally curly hair. It just gets me every time on either of those things. So she came in raspy voice, so not only is she just a a 12 out of 10 looks-wise, but, yeah, I'm into her voice.
1: I I wanted to talk a little bit. uh, We talked, Caleb comes in the scene, he's got the girlfriend. Um, There's kind of a confrontation where he has the first... um, Moment with both Kirsten and Sandy together in the kitchen. You kind of get the the feel for how that dynamic all plays out. By the way,
0: I also want to add that Rose the maid. Obviously, she tested horribly in the pilot. She's gone because now she's, she's doing Kirsten's doing her own grocery shopping with Sand so the heard. Sandman. So maids just. That, that must have tested horribly in the pilot of like, whoa, no, 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 don't, yeah, have, kind of don't make have a it. Let's kind of
1: make them more likable as a family. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, more down dirty. That's to probably what rich. that was. Um, okay, so then they, they come in. yeah So <clears throat> Caleb is just aggressive. He's, he's both aggressive. passive-aggressive and just aggressive-aggressive at the same time. Right. Like he's coming in hot with all these... His guns blazing. Just these barbs about... But it's all kind of like in this backhanded... Like, yeah, kind he's a of dick. Like, he's a creative dick. way of being like, oh, well, yeah, you no, know, um, you're demoted. I think I'm going to pull back some of your responsibilities. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, she's like, no, I can't handle it. She's like, well, I figured since you adopted another kid, maybe.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> I don't, so, know,
1: I, I don't <laughs> have that, uh, that scene written down very well in my notes, but I just remember. <laughs> <you're>, well, no, <laughs> being, the thing <laughs> is, is that Caleb, t-
0: so that you know that he's a dick, he just, you can tell, he micromanages everyone, especially his daughter. So she was just raised in a situation where she's scared of him. So in this episode, when you see him, he's already trying to demote Kirsten because Kirsten's talking, you know, she just adopted a kid. And Caleb's like, oh, you can't handle the kid because he burned down my house. I'm obviously working you too hard. So he wants to demote her. We realize that Caleb is just a total dick. He'll fire anyone, even his daughter. Again, that's just all part about him being a villain. Yeah, that's his stuff.
1: Um, uh, we go into a quick little scene uh, that I personally loved where Jimmy Cooper, uh, from episodes past we've talked about, has lost a bunch of money. He is oh, yeah. now a oh, yeah. social pariah uh, Pariah, uh, <laughs> in the County of Orange. Such a pariah in the he County of Orange. He is uh, at his home office. He's looking at a spreadsheet on his computer yeah. it's like this old uh, shitty graphic chart of just his assets plummeting <clears throat> <and>
0: so so <laughs>
1: having a bad time
0: pat and i literally <laughs> i started crying i i had to take my glasses off and because tears were coming down my face when i saw this and now that i'm a working stiff and i see bar charts and graphs and stuff on a on a regular basis Seeing how they lowered the graph on his computer down to the lowest common denominator of like, you know, the 13 year olds uh, watching the show of just they they spell it out perfectly. of So Jimmy's just looking at
1: him, his declining business, he's pouring, over pouring, it. He's just over staring it. at it and as if just for, he's been looking at the same thing for 30 straight minutes. Well, yeah, it could be five hours that he's been looking at this, this
0: one <laughs> sheet that is literally it's just four bar charts. Four bars on one bar chart. Sorry. And it's just it just says profit margin analysis, Jimmy Cooper uh, investments. And it's just like four bars that are going down and down so that the common man who's watching the show knows, hey, this guy's business, it's not going well. <laughs> <You know>? Profits <laughs> are going down. Profits are down. Profits are so, down. It's insane, and then um, Julie comes in. She asks her a divorce. So already, Julie, this, this is where you. Fi- so you know that Caleb's a villain. Julie Cooper is a sadistic villain. She's trying to bounce as soon as profit margins are low. For profit she, margins, she was only yeah. with them for the profit <laughs> margins. Okay, can I just can I just quickly go into another thing here that I was thinking? that's I would love that. I'm gonna zag a little bit here. Please do. Everyone in this show is like 24 25 the the teenagers are all 24 25 but marissa's 16 so i just can't help but wonder ben buttons mckenzie is 24 hooking up with a 16 year old in real life misha barton i guess that's can you imagine that you're two years out of college and you're just hooking up with a 16-year-old sophomore in high school who's trying to get off of her temps and get like a real license to drive a car, I mean making out with her, uh, it would be awkward on set for sure. But is it even <laughs> legal? No. Well, I don't know that that varies. I think by state on like age of consent. Hmm. But, anyways, I just kept thinking about it. We'll have to do when I was crunching those numbers. Out, but
1: it, at, at the very bare minimum, it just makes no sense. It it just seems very wrong, <laughs> you know. Like so, the
0: fact that they just like made that happen on the show. Um, Hollywood's a crazy place, man. Okay, and then the other thing I want to say a quick thing about Caleb. I. I and
1: the timeline are we about at the party yet? Um, yes, we are coming pretty close up to the party. Um, there is one quick moment before the party. Yeah, where uh, Gabriella. Oh, Caleb's twenty-four-year-old yeah. <laughs> girlfriend yeah. comes to visit Ryan at his job where he now works at the Crab Shack.
0: So Marissa then also comes in there, and then there's like an odd, odd moment where we were just talking about it. I, I never. There's so much sexual tension with Marissa and Ryan. She comes in when they're at the Crab Shack, and you know, butts in on a conversation where Ryan's trying to, you know get real sauced up with this uh, with this 24-year-old chick which covered in taboo. And Marissa cock blocks the shit out of him. And I, I just... I'm always... It's wild, their sexual tension. I mean, it is palpable. You can cut that shit with a fucking spoon.
1: Dude, you could cut
0: it with, with whatever you want Cut it with whatever you want. The Marissa Ryan tension is even... It's it's even more intense than this insane taboo like young girlfriend that comes into the picture. So okay, after that, there's not too much that goes on there. Just yeah, a little besides banter. the fact
1: that Ryan uh, doesn't work at all. Yeah, never, Ryan here, Ryan does no work. <laughs> he's been on and break. For... Another
0: they put Ryan at the bar. I don't understand that. Have him bust tables. He's he's 16. He can't serve alcohol. She comes up. She asks for <clears throat> like an alcoholic beverage, and he's like. Hmm. You know I can't serve you alcohol. I'm underage. And then it's like, I don't know why her response wasn't, well then why are you at the fucking bar, dude? Get get me a bar back here who's of age, cause I'm thirsty for some liquor. So that was insane to me. I, yeah, poor management at the crowd. Terrible, because he
1: just he proceeds to let her open up a little airplane bottle of vodka. And poured in her in her uh, cranberry juice. And and they just hired Donnie, who just shot a guy. Yeah. So Basically, whoever the gonna hiring be, manager is, it's going to be out of business.
0: At the Crab bad. Shack, is is horrendous. He needs to be fired immediately. Bringing in the wrong element. Into All right, the crab let's get shack. to the party. Let's get to the party. So Caleb has a party. Little nugget here for everyone. Caleb hates cilantro. <laughs>
1: for whatever reason they decide to make that clear no less than five times throughout not only this episode but maybe throughout the season and i they and no, cilantro, throughout the series they
0: never stop talking about it and i i've never stopped talking about it anytime cilantro comes up i always i mean still it's been 15 years i still say like
1: something about uh you know who hates cilantro yeah caleb oh, yeah. nickel you know anytime so. i'm at a restaurant even if i don't say it out loud if the word cilantro is brought up or i read it on a menu that's what i'm thinking about another thing i love so though about,
0: about caleb is that this party he's at um so much pointing to people across the room yeah. so much people so many people he's the
1: king baby yeah,
0: yeah yeah that's how they showcase that he's he's like owns newport is There's so many people that are just shouting his name from across the room. I don't know. Like this seems like an insane premise to me at a party where there's dudes who are locked into conversations, animated conversations with people. And then you just have the idiots yelling across the room like, hey, (laughs) Kayla. I just feel like, hey, man, I'm talking to someone. I'll get to you. But it just forces Caleb the entire time that he's at this party to to just be pointing across the room. Like, hey, hey. Like, he's got to do that the whole time. Parties with him would suck.
1: Okay, go on. So we're at the party. We're at the party. The girls come to the party. Uh, Marissa's there with Luke. Summer invites herself to come with Seth. Uh, He's really excited about it. But she has this whole kind of weird back thing where she wants to just meet... Investment bankers. Yeah. And it kind of comes out of nowhere. I'm not really sure
0: what that's about. I don't know any 16 year old girls who their only thing that they're thinking about is I need to find my investment banker, mid 20s, young professional investment banker guy for like life.
1: Yeah. For marriage. It's not a good look on summer. I don't know why they wrote it into the show. (laughs) 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 Well, okay. So let's. I
0: know I know what Schwartz is trying to do here. What's he's, he doing? He's trying Bring to show us <laughs> he's, he's trying to show us that Summer's superficial. She's she's into dudes for the wrong reasons. She's into all these like ancillary type of things instead of th- that's her outward persona of what she's really pushing out there that she's into like these fake things that are not, like, core personality good dude stuff. So, they're trying to provide a real, I think, dichotomy between Seth, who's a inner good guy without all that stuff, and then all these douchebag rich guys, wealth management guys, who are are just, they don't have any personality. A gross generalization of anyone who gets successful in life. Yeah, absolutely. No, this... Okay, so, so then, after... So, they're at this party. One thing... I want to say about the whole dynamic... So, like you said, Summer makes Seth take her to this party. She's just flirting with all these dudes the entire night. The one thing I want to say is there is no TV trope that gets me more jacked up than the guy has to get the girl that does not want him. Oh, yeah. It's the yeah. best. Like it's, it's the best watching watching like the girl who's way too hot just be completely disgusted with the dude and then he just has perseverance and like witty game or whatever it is to completely overcome all of her preconceived notions about like not wanting to get with him because he's a nerd.
1: It's got everybody loves an underdog story. Everyone loves an underdog story. He has like maybe three or four like perfect shots that he takes and nails. Nails. Along with maybe a couple stumbles along the way and you're just rooting for it. So, but I do want to say one thing about that. Can you think
0: of a... this, This is the one thing, though, where the TV trope lies a little bit because I've never had it happen in my life where I go on some long diatribe with some girl who's out of my league about, oh, Seth gives this whole thing about... I care. None of these dudes care about you. I care about you. And then he recites a poem that she wrote, like in the third grade. He recites it by memory. And then in that moment, they have their first kiss because she's so overwhelmed with how much this guy, like, cares about her and sees her true self and stuff. That's, let me just say, that is not how it goes in real life. No. 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 That is, that comes off
1: creepy as fuck. Fuck Mm -hmm. to a girl. I really hope there aren't kids out there taking notes. No, don't take notes on that. Don't do it that way. Don't do that way, because it looked really cool. It looks so cool. It comes off really good on
0: film. Here's the problem: in real life, there's not that sweet music playing in the background. Yeah. If the sweet music is playing, kids recite the third grade poem from 17 years earlier. But if if the sweet music isn't playing, then don't take that tactic because this should you're be something gonna,
1: that we come back onto like when the you, sweet music's playing do you do the thing or oh you, you not can get a, no thing? That
0: that is where if sweet music is playing in your life when you're in any situation you can get away with a lot more you have right. a lot more leeway on things you can get away with especially with things you say to girls that you're trying to hook up with yeah. <laughs> and it, it just doesn't work kids in real life so don't try it okay so where, where are we at in the party now in the timeline?
1: Um, so the party's kind of flowing along. Um, do you want to get into uh, Jimmy with Caleb Forrest? Or would you like nah. to dive straight? Yeah, I don't really care about that. Let's skip that. Jimmy, I Jimmy mean, asked just, for a job yeah. uh, from Caleb. He says no. Obviously, everybody hates you. Yeah, um, yeah, you suck. There's no way I'm giving you a job. Whatever. Uh, who cares about that? Let's get to Let's just get to the, the, the Gabrielle, the, the crux of the episode, and then we'll then we'll wrap. So, Ryan's in the pool house. He's kind of avoiding Marissa because he doesn't really want to have the confrontation. Listening uh, to an early iPod. Yeah, he's got the iPod in. He's on his bed. Boots might be on. Boots might be (laughs) off. Either way, he's wearing boots. Well, if the boots
0: are off, then he's 5'6". If the boots are on, then he's 6'3".
1: He's laying in his bed in the pool house. All of a sudden, you see a pair of calves approach the door. Smoking hot calves. Really good ones the door opens it's gabriella standing there love that name by the way yeah
0: it's good i love that name because i always think call her gabs i might name my future daughter gabriella you think so gabby a- off gabs. Of this character
1: no just off of i like the name it's good no it's a good name uh gabs comes in <laughs> Let's, can we, i feel like we're close enough where we can call yeah her gabs gabs, gabs comes in gabs comes in uh she starts, you know, talks to Ryan a little bit about how bored she is with Caleb. Nichol. She's horny as fuck. She's oh so horny. She, she needs to change her underpants because it, it's it's palpable. It, R- it's Ryan has had the nude nothing for so this. So I don't she, even know she, if we she, mentioned that
0: this girl <laughs> has been trying to hook up with Ryan this entire episode. They've had a lot of long like looks that, with the music that we we're talking about, it's just an insane sex, sexual tension covered in taboo. Covered in taboo. It's drenched in taboo. Yeah, it's potentially a step-grandma. So she comes in uh-huh. and just immediately goes to the bed that he's laying on and just starts riding the shit out
1: of him. Grinding him pretty Grinding hard. him hard. I think her dress falls off. like She's grinding him he so hard. The dre- he pulls it up. He pulls it up. It's so sexual. It, it, the dress is just disintegrating off. Of her. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's disintegrating. And so uh, then
0: BD pulled a pillow over his lap while we were watching this scene. <laughs> no, no. I caught him. I, I, I mean, I've, I've never gone from six to midnight quicker than
1: in that moment. I mean, I, I was sitting here struggling. Yeah. And as we're about to peak in this room and Ryan's about to peak in the pool house. Yeah, we're both about to peak. We feel this pain as soon as the door opens and it's Marissa. Yeah. I mean, who and else again, but Marissa? Okay, so Marissa I mean can't you hook up in a pool house in the middle of a party? I mean, lock the without fucking door the girl door. that you actually like interrupting you? I mean, we are saying it in
0: the heat of the moment. Like lock the fucking door. Jesus. That's on Gabriella. Yeah. I no, mean, that's she on her. comes in and she knows that she's the driver here. Well, she wants to get caught. She Oh yeah, good point. Yeah. She did. So
1: maybe she did it on purpose.
0: Okay, so after that, Marissa just does her lame ass running and crying, which yeah. always so I was at midnight and when Marissa does that, I I go back to the floor. you see her start running and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just immediately get so disgusted. <laughs> and then okay. This brings me to my Chris Cooper is the worst of the week brought to you by Wickloware, wicklow Wear, Be free and explore. Go to Wickloware for all your outdoor gear. Wicklow, where? <laughs> Great <read>. uh,
1: <laughs> Oh, we'll
0: clean this up and post. Oh my God. Oh my God, I don't even remember. <laughs> Give me a moment. <coughs> <laughs> Man, dude, Pat Williams is going to hear this and just be like, dude, can you not sponsor me?
1: Can I not be a sponsor? Can I please not be associated with this in any way?
0: <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, Pat and I had a break. Uh, we broke on that on that sponsorship because uh, – Quite frankly, we, we are not sure we've, we've gone rogue. if uh, the guy who runs Wickloware wants to, wants to sponsor our show. So, um, anyways, uh, he's cool. He's my future brother-in-law. He'll pass it. He'll, he'll let it pass by. Um, okay, Marissa Cooper is the Worst of the Week, MCITW. So... I'm kind of 50-50 on this one. I mean, it's a good one by you. Uh, you. Yes, it sucks. So Marissa sees that Ryan, who she does does want to be getting with, having sex with this older girl. Marissa, obviously, her only course of action is to just run out crying and then immediately go to Luke and and decide that she's going to have him take her virginity for the first time. So, I mean, this is where she sucks. Because, what were you saying? I mean...
1: I'm still coming We're, So well, this segment is just her about being a bad girlfriend in general so Yeah Think about this uh, from the point of view of Luke Is that The first time that your girlfriend wants to have sex with you It's because that She's jealous of some other guy So it has I nothing know. to do with It's like, it's I know. just
0: such a bummer Such a bummer But then I was 50-50 on it though Because I'm like look Luke is a caveman He's a Neanderthal do you really care? I mean, well, I don't. How care. you're having sex for the first, like how you're having sex. Your goal. We saw Luke earlier this episode. He was just perched up in in her room, just literally praying to God for like any hand stuff.
1: He was desperate for hand stuff at that point. I mean, so I think I don't he think wouldn't care cared how this came about. So I mean, maybe we can let it slide. Okay. So either way, though, we're
0: still gonna use this as our MCITW of the week because. The point is, no matter how much Luke didn't care and he loved it because he was physically having sex. Remove
1: Luke from the situation. Put yourself there. Do you want Marissa to be your girlfriend? No. Never. Is she the worst? She's the worst
0: girlfriend. Okay. And the go. fact okay. that my girlfriend only wants to have sex with me when it's because she's so insanely jealous because the guy that she really wants is fucking some other girl. That's the only reason why my girlfriend's having sex with right. me. Always. Uh, yeah, that sucks. So that's, that's the MCITW of the week. Again, brought to you by Wickloware. Be free and explore. Go to Wickloware.com. Um, last thing. Can I just hit on one more thing? Then we got to wrap. Let's just go through the Gabriella line at the end because that was pure gold.
1: Pure oh. gold.
0: Gabriella coming in hot with oh, the yeah. advice. Uh,
1: so Ryan's brooding on the stairs. Just yeah. It, he just, yeah. Obviously, we'll mention this throughout our series. Probably the best brooder on TV. He's up there, one of them. He, at I mean, he's
0: top two or three, uh, I'd say. I mean, so
1: he's obviously in the cut, you know, just doing what he does best—brooding on the stairs after Marissa leaves. Um, clearly, things fizzled with him and Gabriella because she got it, um, and he's just sitting there silent. And I'll let you take this one.
0: So Gabriella comes up to the stairs. Ryan's up there brooding, and she she delivers this line. Of, it's like all of a sudden, like wow, this crazy huge slut who is, is just like bouncing from rich 65 year old to rich 65 year old actually comes up big with some life wisdom. <clears throat> and she, yeah, a lot of life wisdom. And she says the line of I got it written um, down. Oh, just, you then you it? say it. Yeah, say it. <clears throat>
1: She says, You look so sad. Yeah. I'd, be, I'd give anything to be that miserable. Because if I remember correctly, that's what it feels like to be in love.
0: Yeah, I mean, such a good line. It, yeah, I'd she give, says it with <laughs>
1: acting, not like that, but
0: yeah, so but you feel it. It sounded very similar. It sounded very similar. Thanks. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, she gives the line of, "If I, I would give anything to be that miserable because that's what it, that's what, what it's like to be in love." And it's just like mic drop. I mean, what a line, Josh Schwartz again delivering when it matters most
1: always giving us the goods.
0: Let's just end it with that line because that's such a powerful line. Yep. Let's just end there. Alright, next time we'll be getting hard into the next rendition of the pod. Later. more vicarious living episodes follow us on soundcloud at vicarious living you'll know you found us when you find a picture of pat and i sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is laguna beach steven's there he's just not pictured steven and Elsie, both there just not pictured